Well, Merry Christmas to you. That didn't sound very joyful. That's a little better. Some of you still haven't done all your shopping and cooking. You're like, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's coming whether you're ready for it or not. You know, I hope you are. I hope you've really taken time uh, this season, this, um, this time of year to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I've gone through a change in the past few years as far as my attitude around Christmas. You know, like anybody, like anybody, the, the stress of the season can kind of get to me. All the things, all the places you got to do, all the presents and the meals and all that, I mean, it, it kind of gets to me. Now, I grew up in a family that, I mean, we put a plan together. You know, we had plenty of houses to go to and people to see and things to do, but Growing up, it was always, if we're going to go do Christmas lunch or Christmas Eve service or whatever we're going to do, I mean, we had a plan weeks in advance. We were, my family, we were details people. We liked, I mean, we had the plan. We know who was riding with who, what time you're leaving, who was bringing what dish. I mean, we had it down. And I, I kind of grew up with that. that. When there's a plan, I want to know the details. And then I got married. Now, I can say some of this because Penny's not here this morning. She's up with her family. Her grandmother's on hospice care, and, and her and the boys are up there seeing their, they're driving back here in about two hours to be with her for Christmas Eve services. But I was, I've kind of joked with her about this because Penny's family, way different than my family. I, growing up, when all the, the business of the season, we got into the details. Then I married Penny, and I said, I remember the first year, what are we doing for Christmas with your family? I don't know. Well, who's coming in? I don't know. We'd go to her parents' house, and I'd say, what are we doing for the meal tomorrow? What do we need to fix? I don't know. And then her whole family was like that. I'm like, okay, no, I need a little bit more detail. Other than that, we're gathering somewhere around Christmas time. You know, I want a little bit more detail. What do you need me to do? When do I need to show up? And that's just not their attitude. They're, they live out there in the country. All the family's kind of out there together, and they just kind of show up when they feel like it and they bring the dishes they feel like bringing and it just kind of all works out and and that's good for them but it's not what i grew up with but i gotta admit over the years that's kind of started to take hold in my life i'm not saying i'm there but it has started to take hold a little bit more in my life going it's okay it'll work out i don't know all the details but it's all right God, God is in control and just be there for the moment together. And I'm learning that, but it certainly goes against what I'm used to. Like I said, I'm a details guy. When somebody tells me that something's gonna, I'm going to be involved in something, I need to show up to something, I want to know all the details about it. In fact, if, if I feel God is leading me in a certain direction, if he is speaking, if he is revealing his will, I want to say, all right, God, thank you, but give me some details. But you know what? I've realized God really doesn't work that way. If you were here last Sunday, you heard me mention that God loves to reveal himself, his will, his plans to his children. 
That's part of who God is. He doesn't want us to live in the dark. He reveals himself to us. In fact, Scripture tells us that even those who do not believe in God, God reveals himself through creation and through many other ways. And then those who come to to God through the Son, Jesus Christ, the more we seek God, the more he reveals himself to us. And that's an awesome thing to know about God, that he lets us know his plans and what he wants for our life. But when I told you that last Sunday, I left out a part of it. See, while God loves to reveal his plans, his will, what we often see with God is that he's not so big on the details. Or at least giving us the details. Now, that's not always true. Sometimes God is very specific. And there's our times when God says, very much do these things in this order. But a lot of times when God speaks to his people, he's kind of like, okay, I'm telling you this, but I'm not giving you more information. I mean, think about it with Abraham. Abraham, get up, leave where you live, and go to a land I will show you. If I'm Abraham, I'm like, okay, God, can I go ahead and get the destination? Can you give me a few more details? How long is this journey going to be? When God spoke to Moses, he said, Moses, go into Egypt and go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And even Moses, you see in the interaction between him and God, Moses is like, well, who do I say sent me? And what do I tell them when they object? And they're not just going to let all their slaves go. Well, I mean, give me some details, God. And you go look through the Bible, and God a lot of times tends to act in this way of he reveals his direction, his plan, his will for his children, but he purposely kind of withholds some of the exact details. God knows what's going to happen, but he doesn't let us know all the steps along the way ahead of time. Why would God do that to us? Because he wants us to walk forward in faith. God's going to give us enough to know what he's up to, where he's calling us, where he's sending us. But he wants us to go on that journey by faith. How are we going to have faith if we already know all the things about it? God loves to give us a direction and say, here's the thing, trust me for the rest. Now, if some of you, like me, who is the, I want the details, I want the plans, I want the step-by-step way ahead of time, that may be hard to live by. You may feel God revealing his will, his plan, his direction, and you say, okay, God, I love that, but I need more information. God doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he's going to give you the general, the outline, the big picture, and he's going to say, trust me as I take you on this process, on this journey with me. Trust me. Have faith for all the stuff you don't know right now. God loves to reveal himself, his will, his plan. But there's always going to be an element of faith as he does so. Now, I mention this because this morning, we come on a Christmas Eve service. We come here today, we, uh, we're continuing to talk about encounters with grace. And this morning, we talk about Mary. Mary, I mean, we, uh, we're going to look at the passage we know so well. And what I love about these words where we see the encounter with the angel of God and Mary is not only do we get a picture of grace, as you're going to see in just a moment, you see how God's grace is so evident in there, but you're going to see what Mary gives for us is a wonderful 
example of how to encounter God's grace and then live by faith in what he says to us. Let's go and turn over to the scripture. We know these words fairly well. It's going to be in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In fact, this is actually where we picked up uh, from last week. Last week we read Luke chapter 1. We read about the angel speaking to Zechariah about the birth of a son who would be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And now it says this in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her now let's consider this scripture for a moment this morning now i don't know about you but have you ever asked the question i know i have why did god choose mary what was so special about her that she becomes the mother to the son of god that she bears jesus What is it about Mary that God said, that's the one? Was she just so much more special than you or I? Well, yes and no. Well, let's be very careful here because over the years and centuries, there's been a lot of people that have elevated Mary to this level of just beneath God. Mary wasn't God. She wasn't partly God. She was human, as human as you and I just in the same flesh as you and I. When, when I say she's not any more special than you and I, it's because she is a child of God, just like you and I are. Now, uniquely gifted, and she loved God and served Him great. But she's, just an, she's a human. And we don't need to elevate her above the place that she needs to be. We don't need to be praying to Mary and you know, all, all these other things. Mary, I mean, a blessed figure and a wonderful example, but not this extra special being somehow. And I want you to understand this because even Mary understood that truth. 
you know, God chose her, one, because he knew her. And she was faithful to God and not perfect. Mary never claims a perfection here. But she loved the Lord. She desired to serve him. He knew her heart and that she would be willing to respond to God's plan. But she still was like you and me and just a child of God. Now, I, this is highly important because here's what happens. You notice, here's Mary one day, boom, angel in her presence. And, and it's important to pay attention to the words. Let me highlight a couple things for you. Angel sent by God to Mary, and it says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now look at this, verse 29, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying, at his words, is what it tells us. Now, hold on a second. This is one of these things in the Bible you begin to look at and go, hmm, something may not be right here. She was troubled not at the fact that there's an angel in her presence, but at what he said. You know, we kind of look at the words like, oh, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Just, that's kind of like me coming up and saying, hey, God bless you. You know, like, what's the big deal about what he's saying? It'd be more like, uh, angel? You know, this is, you know. But it was at what was said to her that is causing her this turmoil in her spirit. Like, what, what do you mean? What do you, so he must have said something extremely important that she would react to, not the presence of this being here, but his words. Again, now, sometimes we have to dig deeper in Scripture because... What we first see in our, you know, our translations, we have Bible translations, it doesn't always give us the full picture. When it says, greetings, O favored one, that phrase, O favored one, the, the word that's used there, we call O favored one, but you know what? It contains the, the original language there contains the word for grace. What it really means is this, if I could just kind of expound on the translation of what it's saying here. It says, greetings to you who God has, is desiring to show unmerited favor and grace to. That's kind of like the, the really expanded version of what that word means. That God is with imparting a gift. This word is so deep and so important. What it's highlighting is there was nothing in Mary. I want you to hear me very clear on this. There was nothing in Mary where she earned this blessing from God. And when she is called this, oh, favored one, and this, this phrase, the Lord is with you, and there's such deep biblical uh, connections with these words, she is saying, that's why she's troubled, is because what have, what have I done that he would say this about me? I, why would the, the Lord that's with me, I, he's showing me grace and mercy and favor? Who am I? That's why it's, it's getting to her. This phrase that God is right now choosing to show you grace and favor and blessing that you haven't earned, nothing like that, but God is just pouring out his love onto you right now. She's saying, why? See, the, the thing in the Scripture is trying to highlight Mary did not earn a place as being the son, I'm the mother to the son of God. She didn't just 
you know, she hadn't been to church enough times that God said, all right, final, that's the one. She wasn't just a good enough girl. It wasn't any of that. She didn't earn her place into this blessing. So she being chosen by God to bear Jesus was fully God's grace. That's why this is an encounter with God's grace. We don't want to get in a place of thinking that she was more than what she was. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking bad about Jesus' mama at all. I promise, okay? A blessed woman. Jesus, forgive me. I'm not insulting your mama up here. No, it's just understanding if she didn't earn that right. She wasn't more pious than everybody else. And suddenly, oh, you get to be it. She had been chosen by God was God's grace and his favor. And, and he repeats this. After he's saying, you favored one, and she's troubled at, this, at the words. The angel says it again. You have found favor with God. He has chosen to show you this, this grace that's in that word that he's speaking to her right there. It says, don't be afraid. You will conceive. And the son that you will bear will be the most high. He'll reign forever and ever. Oh, what an awesome thing. Now, remember I told you I'm a details person? I kind of, I wonder if Mary was too. I think so. I think that there's other passages in Scripture kind of says, you know, think about the wedding in Cana. They ran out of wine, and she's like, she's the one that goes, I want to get the, we can have more. She's details, right? I think she is. I'm taking a little guess here, but I think Mary was a details person like me. So look at this. So angel says, you have, God's going to show you grace. He's going to show you mercy, just undeserved, unearned blessing. You're going to bear a son, not just any son, but he is the son of God. And look what she says. Go to uh, verse 34. Verse 34. Pretty simple question. Uh, back up one for me, please. Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? I mean, a pretty obvious question to be asking. Okay, angel, I'm about to have a child, a son of God. Mm, how? I mean, that's a pretty natural question. If, you, if angel was speaking to you, you were in Mary's sandals at that moment, you'd be going, same thing. Um, how? I mean, that's awesome, that's great, but how's this going to be? I mean, that's the cry of the heart right there. Now, notice something. If you were here last Sunday, we talked about, again, Zechariah, the angel saying to Zechariah, your, your wife, who's considered barren, who's past the age of bearing children, she will become pregnant. And what we see is he kind of did the same thing. Zechariah said, how is this going to be? But the angel tells us, we see in the scripture from last week, that really his question was about doubting. Remember, he received the discipline that he couldn't speak until the child was born. We talked about that last week, the discipline and grace. But that's not Mary. Mary's not ask, asking the question of like, oh yeah, right. She's wanting to know, um, okay, this is wonderful, but tell me more. God's not faulting her for asking the question. It's come from a genuine, honest heart. Okay, so she asks the question, how is this going to be? And here's God's chosen response through the angel. You know, she wants details. And what does the angel say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, Mary was a young woman, but she was old enough to understand the birds and the bees, okay? She, she, she knew how babies came about in this world. And she's saying, okay, I'm going to have a baby, and, you know, this is going to come from God. How? And God's response is, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Does that seem like a detailed response? I mean, I'm just being honest here. Is it like, I'm still walking away from that going, okay, well, what does that really mean? How, how is the, the guy going to come upon me? What is the, how the power of the Most High overshadow me? What is that? What does overshadowing really involve here, you know? I mean, I, I want the details. Is he giving details? No. He's, like, he's saying, it's mysterious. I mean, God knows, but it's kind of like, I'm not telling you all the details. It's just the presence of God is going to be there in a, it is a mysterious, almost indescribable way to bring about this miracle that you would have a son. His name would be Jesus. This awesome thing is, is going to come not by man's hands, but by God. And it's going to, in this wonderful, miraculous, mysterious way. God did not give a lot of details here. I mean, if I was married, if you were married, you probably have a thousand and one questions after that. You know, when is this going to happen? You know, not only how, but when. Is this, all the other things, what will this mean for my life? What plans do you have for him? You know, all, I mean, you probably could think question after question after question. You know, if he's the son of God, do we still have to change his diapers? Do we have, I mean, all this. Okay, just making sure you're with me still this morning. All right. I, I mean, he's the son of God, holy, but man, come as God. And that is awesome. But that God didn't give the details. He didn't give the details. He just said, here's the plan. Here's my will. Here's what I'm doing. Trust me. Trust me. Now, here's where it begins to be good. This is why, I, I, part of the reason why I do think God chose Mary. Mary. She didn't earn it. It was God's blessing and his grace shown upon her. She didn't earn it. But a quality in her life is part of the reason God knew he was going to choose this young woman. He comes and he speaks this thing over her and said, it's going to happen by the power, the mysterious power of the Holy Spirit coming over you. And he will be holy, the Son of God. And then look at this. In verse 37, after the angel reminds her about her relative Elizabeth, who they said could never get pregnant, is now with child. The angel says to her, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Now look at her response in the next verse. And this is where it's so good. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let me tell you why this is so good. Mary suddenly, out of nowhere, receives this blessing, this grace, this favor of God. She wants to know more, and God gives a little bit, but he doesn't give the details. He's saying, trust me. And he gives us a reminder of nothing is impossible with God. And her response 
Even though she doesn't have all the answers, she doesn't know all the details, she doesn't know all when will happen and how it will happen and all these things, she says, I am the Lord's servant. She's saying, I belong to God. And then she says, let it be to me as you have said. Let it be. Let it happen. She's saying, I don't know all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. But I am in for God's plan. That, friends, is awesome. That is how we encounter God's grace. When God speaks to us, when God reveals what he wants to do with our life, even though we don't have all the answers and he won't always give us all the details of what's next, we have to come back and say, my life is his. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. Friends, we have to deal with these three statements this morning. First of all, where we have to begin. You have to decide whether this statement is true or not. Nothing is impossible with God. Decide for yourself right now, is that a true statement? Because I know faith in God and faith through Jesus Christ means believing in what seems to be the impossible. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't met any people who said they lived a perfect life, who died on a cross and rose again on the third day. That's impossible by my standards, by, by human means. And a Savior born, Son of God, to live that sinless life, I can't do that. I, there's nobody else I've known can do that. So I must believe in the impossible to come to God. But let me ask you this. Do you believe that with God all things are possible, that nothing is impossible? Would God be God if that statement wasn't true? I mean, I don't know where you, what you're bringing in with you this morning and what your understanding of God is, where your relationship with Him is. But think about this for a second. Would God be God if, if, if that statement were untrue, that nothing is impossible with God? If God were limited, if some things were in, you know, not possible with him, if he couldn't do all things, is, he, is that God? No. So if you just start for a second, you, you may be coming this morning and say, I don't believe all this stuff. I don't know if I can really get into this angel appeared to Mary and, and this overshadowing of the Holy Spirit and, the, and this virgin birth and this sinless Savior. And I, I don't know. That seems like a fairy tale to me. Do you accept that nothing is impossible with God? As soon as you begin to accept the fact, and just kind of the place of saying, nothing is impossible with God, then you start to open up and go, wait, then he could have done that. He could have done that. Because he's God. He can do all things. Nothing is impossible. You must make the decision if you affirm nothing is impossible with God. Second, you have to make the same decision if you'll make the second statement that one that Mary made. She says, I am the servant of the Lord. Does your life belong to God? I wonder, I, I do, I don't know if I have a good answer to this question, but I wonder what would have happened if Mary had said no. If the angel had said, here's all these things are going to happen, and, you know, it's going to be awesome, and the, the Son of God, 
And she said, uh, no, thank you. I don't know what would happen, and God knew she wouldn't. But she starts by her affirmation that she'll be a part of this by saying, I am a servant of the Lord. My life belongs to Him. It's not my own. My life belongs to God. You must start with by saying, nothing is impossible with God. But second, you have to make the decision, for this God who can do all things, am I a servant of the Lord? Does my life belong to Him? See, until you've got that settled in your heart, you won't be able to handle the revelations that He gives you. When He says here, get up and go to this place I will show you, go and respond in these ways, you're going to say, uh-uh. See, my life is my own. I'm not going to go on that because you haven't given me all the information I want. You don't, haven't given me the details. I want to know more. I want, to, I want it all worked out ahead of time. But God oftentimes doesn't do that way. He says he calls you and then gives you a choice of faith. And if you start at the place of saying, my life belongs to God. I am a servant of the Lord. Then you know what the decision already is. When God comes and says, here's what you are to do. And you say, how God? And he speaks and, he's, and you still don't have all the answers. You say, okay. I am a servant of the Lord. But then the last statement she makes is this so good. Let it be to me according to your word. I love that. Just let it be, God. Let it be to me. That's the amen. She's saying, I trust you by faith that what you have said will be true. Because I believe nothing is impossible with God. My life belongs to you, God. And then let it be. I'm saying that it is true because you have said it is true. That is living in the faith and in expectation of God's word. Let what your word said be true. Let it be in my life. That is the ascent of I am on board with your plan, God. Even though I don't have all the details. Even though I don't know all the information. I mean, think about it. Could Mary have even handled it if God had told her everything of what it'd be like to be the mother of Jesus. If in that encounter, God had told her all the things that would take place, that she would have to suffer as a mother watching her child go through. If she had been told then, could she have even handled it? I don't think so. God said, you're going to have a son. His name is going to be Jesus. He's the son of the Most High. All these wonderful things. And she says... I'm your servant. Let it be. I'm on board. Let's go. I'm sure in her heart she thought about all those things of what might be, what will happen. God continued to reveal to her his plans. But she said it right there. She knew nothing was impossible. She said, my life really isn't my own. So I'm in. Let it be as you have said. Those are the things you have to deal with this morning. If your view of God is anything less than He can do the impossible, nothing is impossible with God, then you don't have a right view of God. And really, is that God at all? 
Think about that for a moment. You have to come to that place that says, well, if he's God, everything is possible. Two, and this is where it really begins hard, is your life in his hands. Have you committed your life to him? Are you God's servant through the Son, Jesus Christ? Do you know you've made that decision? Or are you still trying to live your own way even though there is a God that can do the impossible who wants to lead you and bless you and take care of you? Are you still trying to do it by yourself? And last, are you at a place of saying, let it be God? What you have said, I believe. I'm on board. That's your commitment this morning. I don't want you to come in here just saying, all right, I got it checked off the list. I came to church for Christmas time. I did the, this is part of my tradition, part of my thing that I've got to do. You know, God, I, just, I don't be pleased with me now. I'm trying. I don't want you coming here just trying to get the warm, fuzzy feeling on a Christmas Eve Sunday morning. I want you to come in here realizing that God chose Mary to bless her, to show her grace, because he knew that she would say, yes. I'm in. Does God know that about you? Or does he know in your heart that you've been saying everything but yes to him? Maybe it's time to respond and get some things straight with him today. Would you? Would you affirm nothing is impossible with God? Would you make the decision, and be clear in it, are you his? Is your life in his hands? Have you committed your life through Jesus Christ, the Son. And three, have you agreed to his plan, his will, his revelation over you? Have you said, let it be? If none of those things are true, it's time to deal with it this morning. Now is your time to come forward. Now is your time to come and say, God, I am running from you anymore. I don't understand all the details. I don't get all the answers, but I am here. I'm on board. I'm tired of living by myself for myself. I promise you, that'll make a much more joyous Christmas than anything else that you could have in this time. Look at the example of Mary when she encountered God's grace. And her response, her encounter with that grace was obedience, trust, and faith. Let's pray together this morning before we respond. Just take this moment, just you and the Lord right now. Before we have this moment to invite you to come forward and receive prayer, to make a decision to whatever the God would have you to do, I want you to start right now praying. Even as I'm talking, would you begin to talk to God right now? Right now. Just don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about anything else. You just bow your head, close your eyes right now. You begin talking to God. You can talk over anything I say, anything I do. Just begin to have that talk with him right now. Would you affirm to him Maybe it's been a long time since you prayed, but now would be a great opportunity for you to do so. Affirm that nothing is impossible with God. He is, how could it be God if that wasn't true? Just thank Him for that. Worship Him in that for a moment. Would you, would you take a moment just to commit that your life is His? It's in His hands. If you haven't done that before, if you haven't come and received Jesus Christ as Savior, here's how you do it. Right now, if you're hearing me this morning and you're ready to serve the God who can do impossible things, but you haven't done it before, it happens right now in this moment. By, by in your heart, not just by your words, but in your hearts confessing this, saying, Dear God, I'm a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. Thank you for your Son, the sinless Son, Jesus Christ. 
who was born, who lived and died and rose again. And I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. You mean that in your hearts, not just to say a prayer, not just to make somebody else happy, but you mean that saying, I give my life to Christ. That is that's the most important thing you'll ever do. That's the most important thing you'll ever do. And if you prayed that prayer right now, in a moment, I want you to come tell somebody about it. Tell me, tell one of the leaders, say, I prayed that prayer, and I, I want to share that. Because that is the beginning of the most awesome journey you'll ever go on. And maybe it's just this morning that you're needing to come to that place of saying, God, let it be, as you have said, let it be. You've been questioning God, you've been pushing back, trying to get more answers and more details, you'll know more. And God has said, trust me. And you just say this morning, just let it be, as you have said, I trust you. Make that commitment right now. Make that prayer of commitment in this moment. Right now, talk to God, you and him.